Good afternoon and welcome to SWAT Radio. It is Thursday, October 14th. So glad you could join us today on 91.7 here in Jacksonville, 91.9 in St. Augustine, 91.3 up in Folkestone, Georgia, on the Lighthouse up in Virginia Beach in uh, Chesapeake, Virginia, and on WMER in Meridian, Mississippi, and streamers out there through the internet. We're so glad you joined us, all you guys who are truckers who listen, and our friend over in England who listens. We're so glad that you guys tune in. Hopefully, you got a good signal because we got a good program today with uh, my brother, David Wayner. David is a SWAT brother, and he is one of the original SWAT guys. There were only four or five of us originally. I think 2012, maybe? Was it 11? I think it was 11. 11, meeting in Angie Subs. Jack Beach. Isn't it yes. Ed? Ed, Ed, Ed Malin. Ed, Ed let us meet there, gave us a key, let us or actually I think he came and opened up or had somebody open up for us, but we were there early in the morning when they didn't serve breakfast. Six o'clock yeah, in the morning. We, we were there bright and early, and uh, David was one of those true blue brothers who showed up and has been there ever since, and uh, he has gone to India with me. We may touch on that a little bit today. Dave is... Um, David Weiner is um, married, has two children, lives in uh, Ponte Vedra. He li- grew up, I guess, in Jack's Beach, right? Your, your family, was your family here for a long time? Uh, yeah, my mom's family goes back to 1768 when when the Menorcans came to St. Augustine. So, oh, so, my yeah, gosh. We, I would say you've been, that's 1768. Yeah. I think you pretty much got anybody beat listening out there, probably. Uh, there, there, there are probably a handful of people in St. Augustine that would say, oh, no, 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 we're, 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 we're we're before that, but yeah, we're you know before before statehood. I just I remember when we went to India, you were talking to our uh, friends over there and sharing uh, in your testimony. You were sharing about how your family did some stuff down at Disney World, right? I, I can't remember the specifics, but I remember hearing that, right? Co- correct. Uh, my grandfather was a general contractor at at Jacksonville Beach, and his company built. You know, they did the site work at Epcot. They, I believe they did the site work at Disney. I know they did the launch pads at Canaveral. So, I mean, there's, I, I contributed to none of that, but, <laughs> but my family has very deep history here and very deep roots here. I just remember you sharing that. Do you get any kind of special deal down there because of that? No, no, <laughs> no they no. don't care. <laughs> they don't care. It's all about the bucks. Well, David went to the University of Florida. Uh, for his law degree, but he went to FSU for his undergrad, so he's got both those bases covered. Correct. And um, and so don't try to get him into the whole football thing this year, although he probably has some loyalties there. We'll we'll, we'll, we'll touch on that, actually. I think I think that there's, there's a slight element of that, that that goes into what we're going to talk about today. Well, it, it's been a pleasure to know you over the years and to go to India. Uh, I don't think David will ever forget... It, wasn't it the road to Hatata? Is that right? What, yes. Is that, did I say that right? Yes. I'm trying to remember. Because me, you, and a guy named Big Joe, Big Joe Bryant, were over there in the back of a car, and it was the most brutal ride. I pro- I've been on hundreds of mission trips, 
But that ride was the most brutal ride I think I've ever had in a vehicle. And it was long, too, right? It was it was long. It was arduous. It was something that, that took us as Westerners very much out of our comfort zone. I mean, you know, the, the, the guys that were from India and Nepal that were on that trip did not seem to be so, <laughs> so you know, uh, uh, as uncomfortable as we were, which – and, and and what what really struck me, which which really ties into what we're talking about today, is that when 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 you and Joe and I got out of the car and we were exhausted, um, each one of us said, "Well, I didn't say anything because you didn't say anything." And 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 and, and, and what it showed me was is that the enemy was working on each one of us because if one of us started complaining, then we were all going to start complaining, and it was gonna it, it, it was gonna just just snowball. And, and and each of us had been good and prayed up that day, and and, and the enemy was was you know stopped of, of a victory. But if we had bought into that and 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 had given into our discomfort, our temporary discomfort, um, things may have turned out a lot differently. And so you know again, that's 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 part of the warfare that we go through. And then we got there to where we were going, and. A guy got up and walked five, if I remember, if it's the same trip, walked five hours to come hear us teach. Two days in a row. Two days in a row. Got five hours both way. I mean, one way. Like it was five hours to come hear us and then five hours back, right? Co- correct. And and, and, and and to put it in, in, in mileage, he did a marathon each day. It was 13 miles each way through the jungle where the tigers live and where the cobras are and all of that. And and the thing that was amazing, and we called him Smiley because he had the biggest the biggest grin on his face because he was hearing God's word, mm-hmm. and that was that was one of the things that struck me was was the the hunger and the thirst in that part of the world for something that we take so for granted. I mean, you know, we have television stations and we have radio stations, and we we can pull it up on the internet. And we've got you know five different versions of the Bible. I mean, these people were hungry for God's word because it, because it, they have no nowhere to get it. Correct, and and so he's willing to walk five hours each way. That that, that was one of the most amazing things to me about that trip. Uh, well, I'm so glad you got to go on that. Dave, share with our listeners: uh, Did you grow up in a Christian family? Did you grow up just kind of always knowing about Christ? Or uh, y- yes, I mean, you know, my my. My dad was an elder at the original Beaches Chapel in Neptune Beach. That's where I grew up, you know, praying in tongues and dancing in the aisles. And I'm still very, you know, I'm, I'm comfortable with that because I'm, I've been exposed to it. Um, you know, I, I now go to the opposite end. I, I, I now go to St. John the Divine Greek Orthodox Church. I, I love it there. Um, God is, is, is moving there. He is using that church you know, for the purposes, you know, to further the kingdom, and and I am the, the the kind of the head of the Sunday school, well, right? I, I was until about two months ago, where where we had a, a slight change, and I was given the option to either be the head of Sunday school or continue teaching, and I chose to continue teaching, which I love doing. So, so I I teach the high school kids, and so what, you, you know, if. What we're going to talk about today is kind of a boiled-down version of something that, that, that I talk about with the high school students. Well, I think we all have, uh, if we're you know believers and followers of Christ and part of his family, I, I believe he, he kind of gives us all like our 
our our emphasis on the message you know that that like a life message like for me it's follow me and i will make you fishers of men that's kind of like matthew four nineteen. if i get one time to go speak somewhere that's what's going to come out of me uh, the gospel will be there but it's going to come through that doorway right? right that's the prism through which you you view things yeah and i that's just kind of my message I, I i've been so impacted by that and in the same way you've been impacted um with your love for history and everything about spiritual warfare correct which is interesting because the name of swat is spiritual warriors advancing truth and you and i were talking it didn't start off that way i just like swat because i was on the swat team <laughs> And so I was trying to think of a of an acronym that would be good, and we started off spiritual warfare advanced training. I remember that's what we kind of started off as. But then I thought, you know, really God's called us to warriors, but it all encompasses spiritual warfare. We're in a spiritual battle, aren't we? We are, and it and it is daily, and it is unrelenting. And one of the things that that God has kind of shown me over the last you know 10 or 15 years is and 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 the trip to india really crystallized this is is how we in the west you know i'll I'll broad brush us all you know we we don't think there's a war going on we it's almost like you know after 9 11 when 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 they flew the, the the planes into the towers we we realized that al qaeda was at war with us and and you know, but they were at war with us way before they flew those planes into those towers. And so the spiritual warfare is is kind of the same way. We, we we want to ignore it because it requires of us to remind ourselves that we're in God's army and that and, and that we have a commander and we're supposed to do what we're told. Well, you know, it's kind of interesting if you look at the history of our culture up until I would say maybe the nineties. I don't think there was a war that went on that we were involved in or even a battle that the whole country wasn't aware of. You know, I mean, like we lived like in Vietnam, people didn't go about their business and not think about Vietnam. The draft was going on. We had other things. It was in the news. Even though we only had a couple of news channels. But prior to that, every other war, the whole country was knowledgeable about what was happening. But if you asked 100 people about what's going on in Afghanistan like like five years ago, most of them wouldn't even be able to tell you what's happening. Correct. And and I think what you're talking about is the same thing applied in the spiritual warfare, warfare because we're just kind of content that we got the X in the block or the content that we're in the family and we're unaware that we're in a daily battle. Correct. And, and, and I don't mean to un- – unfairly tarnish the entire western church because there's because <laughs> there's a lot of us that you know that, that not us but 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 there are there are a lot of you know members of that church that, that do understand this principle but but in the west we we do have a a kind of a garrison mentality mm-hmm. and 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 one of the things that i want to talk about today if we if we get this far into it is that you know when 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 god says in in second corinthians 10 you know the weapons of our warfare are not carnal but are mighty for pulling down strongholds you don't pull down strongholds when you're on defense. You've or got in the to, garrison, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. You, you, you've got to go on offense. I mean, and it's it's like, um, in the in the prelude to the movie Patton, where he's talking to the troops, he says, "I don't ever want to get 
a message from the front saying we're holding our position because we're advancing constantly. And that is what Paul is telling us if we'll pay attention to the history behind some of the things that he that he was writing. Well, when we come back, I want to pick up on that. Hey, you're listening to SWAT Radio. I got David Wayner, the third, just to be precise, my good buddy and friend and SWAT brother. And uh, we're going to continue talking about spiritual warfare you're listening to SWAT Radio. You can go to www.swatradio.com to stream live if you get out of your car. We'll be right back after this break with more from SWAT Radio. This program has the potential to reach millions of men each week. If you'd like to learn how you can support this unique program that is helping men understand the truth about Jesus through God's Word and how to impact their lives and the lives of others, then go to www.swatradio.com. Then click on the donate link to help SWAT Radio pass on the truth for the next generation. We're so grateful for having people like Tom Neal Truck Company sponsoring SWAT Radio. Tom Neal Truck Company is located at 417 Edgewood Avenue South in Jacksonville, Florida. Tom Neal is a full-service franchise truck dealer for Freightliner, Western Star, Volvo, Isuzu, and Sprinter vans offering new and used truck sales, service, parts, and truck rental, and leasing to the North Florida and South Georgia truck market. More information on Tom Neal Truck Company is located at www.tomneal.com. That's www.tomnehl.com. SWAT Radio is Thursday, October 14th, and I have David Wayner uh, in the studio with me today. David is an attorney uh, in Jack's Beach at Ford Miller and Wayner. Uh, he's been doing that for a long time, over 25 years. Probably Correct. Start, is that right? 25 years. Yeah. Bill Clinton was in his first administration when I was sworn in. I remember that. No, <laughs> sorry. Didn't mean to go down that road. I was just playing. Uh, anyway, uh, I'm... I'm glad to have David here. David uh, and I have talked many times about spiritual warfare at the SWAT meetings and just having conversation. And before we went to break, he mentioned a couple of things. Uh, 2 Corinthians 10.4 is our theme verse at SWAT, which says the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh. They have divine power to destroy a stronghold. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ, being ready to punish every disobedience when your obedience is complete. And Paul makes it very clear. We're to take every thought captive. We're to be on offense with the power uh, of God in this spiritual battle. And I was sharing with David before the break, I, I lead groups to Israel every year, at least I did before COVID, uh, you know, haven't in a while. But one of the places we go is Caesarea Philippi. 
And that's where Jesus says to Peter and the apostles, who do people say I am? And they say, you know, Peter says, you are the Christ. And he says, you know, on this rock, Peter, I'm going to build my church and the gates of Hades will not prevail against it. And they think that he brought them there. That was a terribly pagan place up there. It was not anything spiritual. There was not the Jewish people didn't even like that place up there. Uh, it was a monument to Caesar. I mean, it really that whole city was built as a kind of a, a place uh, to impress Caesar. And it was a god, the god Pan. Uh, there was this big temple to Pan up there. And when he said that, he said, the gates of Hades will not prevail. The gates are defensive. And and what he was saying to the apostles, I think, is that the gospel is offensive. Not offensive in, wow, that offended me. Offensive in the sense that on offense, you go forward. You go into the battle. And that's what you were alluding to Correct. earlier. Uh, kind of take that and, and share what... God has been kind of taking you into as far as like the whole spiritual warfare thing and and why this is so important for us as Christians. Okay, and and, and if I can back up just a second, um, it, in for most of the Bible, especially in the Old Testament, and I'm not going to go, we're not going to read each of these, but the war in the heavenlies is, is veiled. It's alluded to, you, you kind of see it on the periphery. Um, you know, when, when you see Joshua five, you know, the, the, the commander of the armies of the Lord, you know, appears to Joshua, uh, in second Kings six is where Elisha, you know, prays that his servant, you know, that the, that his eyes be opened and he sees the armies of the heavenlies. And I do and, want to stop on that one for sure. a second, because, you know, that is an amazing passage when you stop and think about it, that the serve, the angels were there. But the servant didn't see him. Correct. And 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 a lot of times we don't think that. I mean, I, I shouldn't say we don't think. We walk around unaware of the spiritual forces at work in our life. Yes, and 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 probably the the, the best way to encapsulate encapsulate that is C.S. Lewis, and, and this is going to be a paraphrase. Says you are not a body with with a spirit. You're not a body with a soul. You are a soul. You have a body. And so, you know, what he's talking about is the, the most important world to which we relate is not the physical world. It's the spiritual world. It's, it's the world that our soul lives. And, and the enemy is perfectly happy to have us focus on what we see with our eyes and, and to have us on defense the whole time, which is, you know, it, it, it's like being in a football game where the offense continues to get delay of game penalties and the defense is perfectly happy back them up five more yards back them up five more yards so again as as you were you know saying that in second king six you know there's this you know these angels that that we don't see and in in daniel 10 is one of my favorite examples where you know daniel has has something that's on his heart he starts fasting he fasts for 21 days and the angel appears to him and says and again this is a paraphrase and y'all can go back and look at this but he says i start i was dispatched in the heavenlies i was dispatched from the throne room to answer your prayer the day you started praying 
but the prince of Persia withstood me. And what he's describing is this battle going on in the heavenlies where the angel that was sent to answer Daniel's prayer was held up, was delayed. And so, and, and then, and then he says, but Michael, your angel came and rescued me. And so, so th- th- there was some skirmish in the heavenlies where this angel, this messenger angel was sent on to Daniel. And so again, it's, it's not something that you really deal directly with in the old Testament, but you get to the new Testament and Jesus, Jesus has numerous encounters with, with evil spirits and they know exactly who he is, exactly what he is, exactly why he has come. And they're the ones that cry out and say, you know, son of God, what do you have to do with us? You know, as he's casting them out in, in, into the pigs or when he goes into the synagogue or whatever. And so what you see is this, this seismic shift from this, this peripheral spiritual war in the old Testament to when Jesus comes, it's, it's, so the Godhead gets a foothold in territory that used to be that of the enemy. Because even even Paul in Ephesians calls calls Satan the prince of the power of the air. I mean, he he does have some authority on this on this earth, and so you know it's limited, but he has it correct, and he is allowed to to exercise that in certain ways. And I think you know you go back to Job, and you look that was a pretty extensive uh, attack that God allowed on Job. I mean, it wiped out his kids. It took away his finances. It, it took away his health. But, but yeah, and it's a great example. But, but even there in Job 1 and 2, you see the conversation that takes place in the heavenlies that Job never knew about. We don't know if Job knew about it until after he died and, and, and went on. But, you know, Satan being the accuser, you know, tries to cast Job in the worst possible light, and God says, no, 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 that's my servant. And, you know, it it, it almost, it, every time I, 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 I like to think of myself as spiritually proud, I'm like, wait a minute, no, I don't want God bragging on me because then the devil's going to, you know, get, get let loose on me like he did on Job, and that's a scary thing. But, you know, all, all kidding aside, um, you know, the, the – the, the, the real cornerstone of, of, of what we would determine is the you know the scriptural basis of spiritual warfare would be you know Ephesians uh, 6 10 through 17 and I want to I want to read it and then I want to talk about not it but but kind of what what's going on behind the scenes here um, and this is the the old King James version finally my brethren be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be, be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against the principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wick- wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand. Stand, therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness having your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. So, as I was reading that, this is, gosh, about 15 years ago, and I was listening to Derek Prince's extensive teachings on spiritual warfare, something just occurred to me as a history nerd. Um, and that is, you know, Paul's clearly describing a Roman soldier. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the that's the verbiage that he used. That he used. Um, 
so I'm thinking to myself, you know, why is this super Roman hating Pharisee using? <laughs> he would have been that. He would right, have right. I mean, you know, using a Roman legionnaire in a positive way. I mean, you know, if you look back in the Gospels, um, you know, one of the reasons why they rejected Christ was because he he did not fit the 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 Davidic mold that that was expected of him. He was not throwing off the Roman yoke. And so, you know, and, and I'm sure a lot of people are thinking out there, yes, but Paul was a Roman citizen. Well, Paul was a Roman citizen like I'm a member of Gator Nation. I went to law school there. Um, I'm, I'm a member of Gator Nation when it suits me. Um, but he, he wouldn't throw down the I'm a Roman citizen card unless absolutely necessary. And interestingly, the only time he ever threw it down, that, that is the, the I'm a Roman citizen card, to avoid a beating was when, um, was when it was just him that was going to get a beating. You know, when, he, when he got beat in Philippi, he could have he said, I'm a Roman citizen, you can't beat me without trying me. But then poor Silas, who is not a Roman citizen, <laughs> would have taken the beating. Yeah. And so Paul doesn't bring it up until afterwards. Mm-hmm. And so, you know. That's an interesting thought really isn't it that that he didn't he he brought it up when it was only him but the other thing is i really believe when he brought it up his desire was to go to rome correct you know it was very much to do what he felt god wanted him to do not just to be released you know not not exercising his individual freedom for his his own sake correct correct and and so so, you know, Paul, as a, as a Jew and as a Pharisee, you know, would have been inclined to use David, but him using David, him using David would have been like us talking about William the Conqueror's army a thousand years ago. I mean, it, it would have had no, no, no cultural validity at the time. And so, again, the, the question I'm asking myself as I'm reading through Ephesians is why, what happened that all of a sudden Paul says, I'm going to use a Roman legionnaire as an example here. Yeah, I'm going to use what they wear. I mean, everybody would have seen it, but it's still fascinating to think that he used something he detests. Well, stay tuned. We're going to be right back after the news. Uh, you're going to hear more from uh, this interview with David Wayner, Esquire, attorney and good friend. And uh, I'm so glad he joined us today. Uh, if you want to uh, go to Ephesians 6 and read, Uh, While if you missed it, if you just tuned in, when we come back, read Ephesians uh, uh, 6, 10 through down 19, and we'll come back and you'll hear David kind of explain why he thinks Paul might have chose that. So we'll be right back after the news on SWAT Radio. Hey, welcome back to SWAT Radio. I'm sorry, I'm just talking to Dave about the the makeup of the Roman army. And, and, you know, I was thinking about it being in the Marines, how we had fire teams and then platoon squads and then platoons and then companies and battalions. In the Roman army, they, they the base unit was a tent, a T-E-N-T. 
and and maybe it was called that because that's how many guys were in one little you know group uh, a shelter you know when they would go travel in fact uh david when we went to masada and looked at there you can see the ruins of the roman uh, fortifications down there uh, where they had surrounded masada the last great stand you know of the jewish people as they built that siege ramp up and they they went through there but the base unit is a tent and there's eight guys in a tent and then there's 10 tents to a century that's why it's called a centurion it's 80 men a centurion was really over 80 men we think i mean it's you know centurion is 100 but uh when you look at the base the way they base their units because they had some auxiliary guys Correct. as well but you're talking about the basic fighting guy here in Ephesians uh, chapter 6 that Paul is using as an example. And I don't know if our listeners have really thought about that, that that would have been an offensive person to a Jew. I mean, like the Roman soldiers were not, they didn't look at him and go, wow, those guys are cool. I mean, they didn't look at him and go, wow, uh, I, I feel protected by those guys being around. They were distasteful. And offensive, they worshipped an idol in their mind, and the emperor, and and, and and not only that, but I think I think throughout the empire, whether you're Jewish or not, un, unless unless you're in Rome, and again, we're we're projecting feelings on people that we don't know, but one one can easily surmise that they, you know, they're the bullies on the block, mm-hmm. and so you know, again. I'm I'm scratching my head, thinking, you know, what what has happened? And and and, and as, as as we went to the break, um, I was reminded that that if if you go back and read the book of Ephesians, do that for homework. Mm-hmm. It's it won't take you that long, but Paul uses the metaphor of a building with you know, as the church. He says the church is like a building, mm-hmm. and then he says the church is like a body. And then this is the last metaphor that he uses, and again, that, that was part of what what I was asking myself. And so, let's let's get down to to, to one more little setup here. If if you if you read the pre Ephesians letters that Paul writes, you know the, the letters to the Corinthians, the letters to uh, the Thessalonians, um, Paul uses the word steadfast, like in in First Corinthians fifteen fifty eight. Uh, this is the conclusion of Paul's dissertation on the historical accuracy and the factual importance of the resurrection. And he says, therefore, basically because of all of this, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm or be steadfast. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. So, so being steadfast is a descriptor there. When he gets to Ephesians 6, the, the passage that we read a few minutes ago, it's a verb. It's a command, mm-hmm. and, and and the reason why I think that this makes sense to me, and I hope it makes sense to our listeners, is when Paul wrote Ephesians, he's on his first prison stint in Rome, and what he's waiting on, if you if you go back to Acts, he's waiting on the Jews to come to Rome to accuse him before the emperor, and they, it, it never happens. He, he's there for two years, and but but so every day he's going to the palace, and he even writes about it in in it's either it's in Philippians. He, he's talking about being joyful in his chains, and he and he talks about you know the you know the palace guards say hello, and so where's he going every day? He's going to the guard room every day because that's where his guard wants to hang out. He wants to hang out with fellow travelers, yeah. and you know for almost one hundred years. This is about sixty sixty one A D. 
And all, for almost 100 years before this, the legions were, like I said, little more than peacekeeping garrisons. They, they hadn't seen any, any real battle action in that time period. It, it, it had been relatively peaceful for them. And then while, while Paul is in Rome, there's a rebellion in Britain. Mm-hmm. It's, it's called Boudicca's Rebellion. And at that time, there were four legions in Britain to keep the peace. There was one in York, one in London, and one in Cornwall. Um, and so the, 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 the London legions, the, the two in London, had been sent to Wales, which is the extreme western edge of England, to deal with the Druids. They were, they were rooting them out. So you basically have two, two legions that are unoccupied to keep the peace. Well... Um, when this rebellion starts, the York Legion was dispatched to deal with the rebels, and and, and each legion had between four and five thousand men, and they they weren't ready for battle. They were strung out along the road, and the rebels found them and annihilated them. Mm-hmm. And so I think there were there, there were a, a limited number of the cavalry that actually escaped from there. But but in Rome, I mean that would be like one you know. A, 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 an entire army of the United States forces going down, or, or you know, a a, a, a carrier group. Yeah, yeah. Well, our carrier group is yeah. probably a good record. Yeah. The, the, the entire carrier group was sunk, and we'd be sitting there scratching our heads, going, "Wait a minute, what what's going on? This is this is not supposed to happen." So, you know, can can you imagine the conversations at the palace? One doesn't just decimate a legion. Um, then, then the Cornwall Legion was was ordered to go face the rebels, and the corn the the, the leader of that legion just refused. They rebelled, right? They, yeah, yeah, I remember that. The guy was like, "No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not kicking that hornet's nest any more <laughs> than it than it already is." So, so then you've got these two London legions that are marching back towards London on the Roman road that 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 later became known as Watling Street. If, if you want to Google this, it's either Boudicca's Rebellion or the Battle of Watling Street. Um. Each of those soldiers, that's where they lived. That's where they were stationed. Your wife, your girlfriend, your kids, all your possessions are in London, and the rebel hordes are headed that way. Now, at this point, there are between eighty and 100,000 rebels, and there are between eight and 10,000 legionnaires. So it's a 10 to 1. 10 to 1, and, and, and they got the momentum. And so the, the, you know, the Roman commander sends his cavalry up ahead to assess the situation, and they, you know, they say London is not defensible. You know, we're, we're going to get stretched out. We're, we're, we're going to get annihilated, and our, our objective is to, is to win the battle, and so we got to let this go. And so they, they, they then start marching back up, again, what is called Watling Street, looking for a place, looking for ground to defend. But they know that unless their girlfriends, their wives, their children, their servants, whoever, what, whatever they left in London is gone. And the massacre was awful. The, uh, um, the, the, the Roman historian Tacitus, his father-in-law, was actually an aide of General Suetonius, who was the Roman general who commanded here. Mm-hmm. And, so it, and, and he described what, you know, what happened at the massacre, and it was, it, it was awful. So, so you've got these two legions, you know, of, of let's, let's call it 8,000 men are being chased by 80 to 100,000 people that are the natives that, that want them dead. They want their country back. And 
what they're looking for is a piece of ground that they can defend. And so what they did was they, they found the piece of ground. We don't know precisely where the battle was held and they stood. So again, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm envisioning the conversation at the palace of, well, you know, and Paul, Paul's, you know, he's, he's engaging people, I think. He's saying, well, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? And, and we don't know. We See, don't that's, know. A, that's one thing. It's interesting you bring that out is a lot of times when we read the Bible, we don't think about the other things going on at that particular time in history that would have impacted people like that. Correct. And, and, and that's it's really I mean, Jesus used everyday illustrations from things that were the Tower of Siloam when it fell, you know, I mean, or kings going to battle. He was talking, you know, he gave some uh, some things about even um, like when uh, Herod went to Rome to ask for land for his boys or the boys went. I can't remember. Archelaus and them, they went. There was a dispute. You know, they they were fighting. They wanted uh, Caesar to grant them the lands. But Jesus, those things were going on. And I had never really thought about this happening while Paul was in prison over there. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he's not writing it in a vacuum. And so, you know, again, in my mind's eye, and y'all can differ with this, but, you know, there, there's some grizzled veteran in the corner that pokes his head up and says, I know Gaius Suetonius. He's going to find the right ground. He's going to find the right formation, and he's going to kill them all. And Paul says, really? You think he's going to kill? How is that? How is that possible? You know, it's 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 eight thousand against eighty thousand, and look what they did to London, and look what they did it's like to these Schwarzkopf. other people. Correct. I mean, yeah. Correct. And so, but what happens is, is they they stand, and in they they, they make what's called a shield wall, and at the battle there are eight thousand Romans, as I said, and over eighty thousand rebels. After four hours. There are 400 dead Romans and 80,000 dead rebels. They absolutely, and Boudicca killed herself because they lost the battle. They absolutely annihilated them. And so what happens? Paul's in Rome. And, and, and Rome is on edge because what's happening to the legions? What's happening in Britain? And word comes back that, that, that Gaius Suetonius has had this wonderful awesome victory and britain is safe and it is in roman hands and you know doug you and i aren't old enough to remember what it was like when world war ii was over mm. i mean i've the, the, the biggest beyond us, yes yeah, the, the biggest celebration i've ever been in was after a dumb football game okay, okay. so but can, can you imagine the the relief the 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 exultancy that would have been felt at that time and and, and paul says this is what I'm talking about. This is standing. This is what you're supposed to do. I know the odds don't look good, but you've got shoes. You've got a girdle. You've got the breastplate. You've got a helmet. You've got the shield, and you've got the sword, and God is calling on you to stand. Mm-hmm. He doesn't put that in Ephesians 6 because it would. everybody knew it. It's, it's on the front page of every newspaper. It's at the top of every telecast. Everywhere you go from one end of the empire to another, this is what they're talking about. Well, so, and, and, uh, and General, General Gaius, uh, Suetonius, didn't he give like a Schwarzkopf kind of speech or a Patton kind of speech before they took their stand? Yes, and we'll get to that. Yeah, yeah. Well, listen, uh, we're going to come back. 
What does all this mean? Why is it important? Well, we're going to talk about that, too, during our last segment. You're listening to David Weiner, uh, a SWAT brother and attorney out at Jack's Beach and good friend of mine. And uh, David is sharing with us uh, about kind of some of the possible background of Ephesians 6 and the armor of God Paul talks about. So when we come back, we're going to pick up on this and finish up for the last segment. Stay with us on SWAT Radio. We'll be right back. If you'd like to contact SWAT Radio, the toll-free number is 1-844-777-7928. That's 844-777-7928 or 844-777-SWAT. You can also listen to this program through the WTRJ The Truth app from the App Store or over the Internet by accessing www.swatradio.com. We'll be back shortly for further discussion and to take your calls. SWAT Radio is brought to you in part by Ace Door and Window Service, Inc. Ace Door and Window Service, Inc. is a full-service sales door and window installation company. Both of the owners are licensed contractors and are involved in the daily operations of the company. All of their trucks are company-owned and fully equipped. Their mission is to provide Jacksonville and the surrounding area with door and window replacement services. To learn more, call 904-701-3667. That's 904-701-DOOR. Or online at www.acedoor.com. Oh, man, I love David Crowder. That's a great song. Uh, I've been down to the river. Uh, Well, hey, uh, we're in Ephesians chapter 6, looking at the whole armor of God. And, you know, as Paul wrote this, David is giving us some background. David is a history, uh, he calls himself a history nerd. He is a history uh, consumer. And, you know, David, just real quick as an aside, I think we've lost a lot of that. I think... You know, whether it's the rewriting of history or just the ignoring of history, uh, those who ignore history are doomed to repeat it in a bad way, not in a good way. They don't learn from it. True, and, and it's it's a it's an unfortunate thing. Um, you know, the, the the problem, not one of the problems, but the uh, one of the issues is that that we live history, and so. You know, there's a lot that has happened in the last 20 or 30 or 40 years since you and I graduated from high school that needs to be included in a curriculum. Oh, yeah. And so, but but it's at the expense of some things that you and I learned that they may or may not teach anymore. If they teach them, they they, they teach them, you know, without the emphasis that you and I had. So I'm I'm always trying to be very generous with the writers of the curriculum and whoever (laughs) makes those decisions. But, but yeah, you know, it's unfortunate to me and, and. and, and and we have generations of people now, you know, you know second generations of people that, that, that just don't know history. And if, and if you don't know it, you're not going to tell your kids. Well, when I was in the Marine Corps, they, they showed us um, uh, and taught us about battles and what happened so that 
and showed us why we do some of the things we do. And that's why I think what you're sharing today is significant. Not that there was 8,000 Romans against 100,000 Britons, but there's some context there to what might have been in going through uh, Paul's mind. I mean, obviously he wrote under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, but really I, I, I bet most people have never even really thought, why would a Jewish guy use Roman, like, armor and and what uh, the romans would have wore as an example because that just really is unusual that's an, that's what i call a speed bump in scripture when you Cor- see something like that correct but but if you relate it to this point in history it then becomes very clear because as soon as this battle happens it's on the tip of everybody's tongue everybody in the empire knows about it and 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 so the description that he gives in Ephesians 6, people, you don't have to give any context to it. People are like, oh, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Those are the guys that strapped it on and and, and did, you know, followed through with their training. And, it would have been a great victory for the emperor at that point. Correct. And do you know, and I've shared this in SWAT many times, that the word euangelion, which we get the word good news from, the, the gospel, the evangel, that's... Some guy would have stood up on a, a piece of slab in a, every city corner and proclaimed this victory. Correct. This would have been a big victory for the emperor uh, because they were they were really concerned. So I'm going to let you get back. Take us to the general the night before what happens. So uh, again, according to Tacitus, who who whose father-in-law was there the night you know e- either the night before or the morning of. You know, General Suetonius gives this you know, very encouraging speech to his men, and 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 what he what he focused on was was their superior training and their superior equipment. And it's and it's if you have used this equipment and if you believe in your training, you can win today. But the downside is if you're either winning or you're dying today, <laughs> they're they're not taking prisoners. And so I think I think Paul, in the same way, that's what he's telling us. He's like. You have your sword is the is the word of God. Your shield is to quench the fiery darts of the evil one. And and, 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 and as an aside, the root word for shield that 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 Paul uses here, which is one of the reasons why we know he's describing a Roman soldier, is the same as the root word for door in Greek. And so it's not a gladiatorial shield. You know the little round shields that they would use because they're in hand to hand combat. And so what Paul is saying is. You're not a gladiator. You're not out on your own. You are supposed to be part of the shield wall with everybody else, and this is the way God's people are supposed to fight. And if you'll rely on your training, if you will train together, and if everybody will put on their armor and act like they're supposed to act, we can win this. We can we can advance. And that was the, the, the last thing, you know, the last part about the battle that I wanted to you know at least share with people is that in in the battle, as the as the the hordes H O A R D E S are approaching, Suetonius gave the order to advance. They did not sit back, and so what that did was it crushed the 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 uh, the, the rebels that were at the front. And so you know, imagine two you know people being caught between an offensive and defensive line, 
and and so they they weren't expecting that and so you know even the 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 minor battle tactics that we have today would have been something that paul would have said no this is this is exactly the picture i want people to have when they think about spiritual warfare this is this is what god's people are supposed to do and so but it's a it's across it's across the entire church and so getting back to 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 the original you know premise that we had here is that you know a, a lot of church members have this garrison mentality. It's well, if the battle comes to me, I'll, I'll, you know, I, you know, I might, I, I might take up my shield and I might take up my sword and I might put on my helmet. It's like Paul saying, no, you got to do this every single day, and you've got to look for the battle. Mm-hmm. Don't wait for the battle to come. Well, to and you. the battle's in front. Of, the battle's all around Correct. us. You don't even have to look that far. It's there. But see, what happens is, I think when we look at Either, either our spouses or our children or our workplace uh, employees or our co-workers or our bosses, though a lot of people are being influenced by spiritual forces that we blame the people a lot of times. And I'm not saying that they don't share in the blame, but I'm saying but the enemy is doing his best to disrupt God's people in their mission to share the gospel correct and 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 when i wrote this or the the more recent version of this it was a little closer to the election but you know the your enemy is not mr biden your enemy's not mr trump your enemy is not your enemy's not mr schumer or mr mcconnell or nancy pelosi or you know the governor or anybody like that now they the, the devil is is smiling grinning from ear to ear when you think that and when you spend all of your time worried about who just won or who just lost an election your enemy is the spirit of antichrist the spirit of murder the spirits of witchcraft pride rebellion adultery idolatry those things those are the strongholds that paul writes about in second corinthians that we're supposed to be pulling down and so what I think we have to do as as individuals and as you know in SWAT as a you know as kind of a parachurch group and even in our churches is be praying for wisdom and discretion and discernment that God would show us where these strongholds exist and how to pull them down you know because that's that's what we're called to do and you know but the the other thing is is that you know, don't be surprised when the stronghold fights back. It's almost like, you know, if, if you're in the NFL and you're a running back and you're you're, you're catching a, a pass over the middle, don't be surprised when the linebacker takes your head off. But you got to get up and go back to the huddle. I mean, yeah. the, 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 it is a fight. And so, I, again, I think I think that the church at large has has forgotten a lot of this because we haven't been pushed. And and again, if I'm if I'm God, and I'm not, Hallelujah, but. You know, it's like, you know, the Western church has had it good and they've gotten fat and they've gotten complacent and they've got this garrison mentality. What happens when we turn up the heat? Let's let's see what happens. Let's see if they'll put, strap it on and, and go to war like I want them to do. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, and, and I am saying this pointing to myself. I am as guilty of this as anybody in this country, as anybody in this world. So, I mean, I, I, I don't have it all figured out. And, you know, God convicts me on a daily basis about not looking at things from through a spiritual lens and not asking for his discretion and discernment so that I can go to war. Well, and I want to point out 
that the only offensive weapon in the whole thing Paul mentions is the sword. Correct. And and, and a, a, a shield is not offensive. A shield is defensive. But the sword is the word of God. And if the word is offensive, then we ought to be spending time reading it and studying it. Correct. And and, and, and sharpening it to get back to the to the the analogy, the, yeah. Get, 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 getting back to the analogy, but you know, one of the, one of the, the the scariest things is a is a child or someone who doesn't know what they're doing with a deadly weapon, and so again, you know, don't don't remain you know a a child Christian, mm-hmm. you know, get get into the Word, and um, you know, that's the that's the the punchline for my Sunday school class when I teach this lesson. It's this is what Paul is saying, but you're not going to be able to be successful. You're not going to be a successful soldier unless you're in your word every day. Mm. That's a good word, David. Thank you for being with us today. I do want to finish with what Paul says at the end, praying at all times in the spirit with all prayers and supplications to that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. We are to be praying for one another. Going back to something you said earlier, we stand together. Unity in the body. It's one of the things I think really missing uh, a lot in the church here sometimes. We just get so distracted with other things. And in the movie Gladiator, there's a scene where they're in the arena. And I know this is not in battle, but it's in the arena. But when they're isolated and outside of their locking shields... They're all taken down. That's right. But together, they stand firm. And the leader of that, Maximus, knew that from being in battle, just like these men did. So, hey, thanks for being with us today. I hope you were encouraged as you listen to this. David, we definitely will have you back. And we're going to go further into this. Okay. <laughs> and we could spend weeks on this. But we'll, we'll uh, thank you for joining us. Blessings to you and your family. I hope you have a great weekend, okay? Thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Hey, if you want to listen to this or any other past program, you can go to www.swatradio.com. That's www.swatradio.com. And then click on the past programs and uh, just go back and listen. Uh, This will be posted probably within about two hours. Feel free to share it and uh, join us tomorrow. We're going to have one of my board members and a restaurateur howdy russell be joining us we'll see you tomorrow on swat radio if you missed a swat radio broadcast this week and would like to hear any show in its entirety then go to SWATRadio.com. click on past shows where you can listen to the broadcast also if you're looking for a band of brothers that gather around god's word to be a part of then go to SWATRadio.com and email one of our hosts and they can get you plugged in to one of the local swat bible studies Tune in next time to explore how SWAT Radio is strengthening spiritual